Uh, hi, everybody. Hi, Steve. Hey, Mitch. Hi, there. This is the return of Everyday Meeple. Uh, we're going to call it season two because season one kind of died abruptly. Yeah. Right after November, there was uh, there was trouble. I got uh, I got a little sick. Was oh. out for a couple months. Dave got a Dave got a dog, so that uh, got Dave, Dave got a puppy. Dave got a puppy, which ate all of his free time. Who is now an adult dog? It's how this is how he's long like a we've teenage dog. I think I guess so. He's probably still in the teenage years. Iron Maiden posters up in his cage. And yeah, yeah. It's vaping. Yeah, it's what they do these days when dogs vape. So yeah, a lot has happened, and I've been headlong into life as well. Um, headlong into life. Headlong, yeah. Kids, family, dogs. Mm-hmm. But hey. we are back, and we've been doing things. We've still been creating things intermittently, some some little little pieces for the website, and um, but we've been longing to chat. It's hard again. to hard to shoehorn everything in amongst the the life. Yeah, but 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 we want to come back. We want to try this again, season two. We've got great, uh, I don't know, fun fun things, and no complicated matter, things. And no matter what is happening in life, uh, board games are still a big part of it. We're still playing quite a bit, maybe not as much as we have been in 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 years gone by, but I think we still we still think, have been doing it. I think our group is tired out a little, but yeah, I feel like yeah, that's true. But but I still long to play. Been playing solo games at the yin yang. I've been playing more solo games, which is which is something mm-hmm. I mean, but what have we been thinking about mitch we we have some ideas for some shows and uh we've <laughs> we've we've got a brain burning conversation yeah so today today our our return we uh i i stumbled upon what i i thought was a oh this is a great topic we gotta we gotta talk about this and the more i thought about it the more i found it was this is impossible it's it's uh at first it was like wow this is so obvious and then the more I the more I looked into it, the more I thought about it, the more convoluted and complicated it mm-hmm. uh, it became. Uh, board game themes, and and not in the what are good themes, what are bad themes, but that the word theme is has become too shallow a word. Catch all. It's a catch all phrase that doesn't do modern games uh, any service anymore, really. Like board games and board game designers are trying more and more to build, uh, not all the, there's still light games that, oh, yeah. you know, <clears throat> like the Christmas lights game. You sure. Know? It's like a Christmas themed restaurant. Easy. Theme works. It's Sim- Christmas. Simple rolling rights that keep coming out too as well with without much uh, dressing going on. I think of those. But more and more games have depth in them and theme is just a catch-all phrase i think i uh, when we were first started talking about it uh one of the examples i used was uh you know pirate theme uh where you have a game like jamaica where that's all that's going on you're racing pirate boats uh it could have been any type of race mm-hmm. but it, they put a pirate theme on it like a pirate themed restaurant and it works great but then you take uh what was, what was this space was a good uh, no, example what was it? i had a second pirate game that uh, has so much more going on in it. Oh right, yeah. Oh, uh, see, see how complicated it's already become. <laughs> it's already uh, become complicated. Um, yeah. Oh, Dead Men Tell No Tales. Dead Men Tell No Tales, yeah. where a pirate theme game. Mm-hmm. But I mean, it's not you know pirates. Sort of this dressing on the set, the set dressing. Yeah. It's uh, but it's not a, not necessarily the theme. You know, you're 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 rescuing 
people from fires and zombies and and the cooperation that's going on. Yeah, like there's more to, to just say pirate is doing a disservice to both those games. They're, yeah, they're both very different. And uh, pirate is used as a as a catch-all in the same way you likened it to like theming restaurants, which I think in most people's experience, going to a themed restaurant like a big one in in, uh, in Newfoundland for me was Jungle Gyms. Right, right. Um, themed restaurants, while fun and sometimes can be delicious, are often tacky experiences. Um, even think of like even though I would love to go to a medieval themed restaurant, I think it would be fun. It would also be kind of tacky and, and weird and i don't i don't necessarily think that uh content creators and people who are serious about the hobby when they're talking about board games want it to feel tacky like we're just talking about a theme tacked on to someone's art the same way that uh, a restaurant chain tacks a theme onto their see that's their, their uh, franchise that's where i think it gets uh, it gets really confusing because sometimes that's exactly what happens and it works great yeah. Like Vikings Gone Wild is like a Viking themed restaurant. It's fantastic. It's yeah. fun. It's campy. Mm-hmm. But then Champions of Midgard, there's so much more going on than just, yeah. you know, uh, same with Raiders of the North Sea. Like, But I think this is where hopefully we'll differentiate at some point in this conversation uh, how we maybe want to be a little more uh, spe- sp- specific with language. Um, for example, these uh, the two Viking ga- Viking games that you mentioned, while sharing the, uh, a similar subject, Vikings exist in both those games. They maybe fall under different genres, if we if we think about it. I feel like uh, Midgard treats the mythology, the Norse mythology, a little more seriously than Vikings Gone Wild, for example. Vikings Gone Wild almost would fall under a bit of a comedy. It's a bit of a fun, comedic romp through Viking lore. Right, so what we've been sort of discussing for the last week and, and have, have want to try and figure out a little more is that theme as a catch-all needs to be... We need to start talking about board games uh, the way movies and literature get talked about, where we, we split up what we condense into theme into more language. Mm-hmm. So we, the subject was pirates, but not necessarily the theme... Uh, where there's a setting, you know, like uh, I was talking earlier about Catan, where uh, originally Catan has been talked about as an exploration or colonization mm-hmm. theme. Yeah. And then I've seen in forums where whenever they re-theme it, you know, they put Starfarers out, they put it right. in space. Star and Trek. people people even in the in the forums get, they, they talk about it and they stumble on it because everybody's using the same word theme. Yeah. And it doesn't work. Like it's it's not a new theme that it's in space. It's still colonization. It's still exploration. It's the same game. It's the same game. So they just change the setting. Yeah. Not the theme. So it it just we need we need a little bit better language in order to be able to communicate better about the games. Yes. Yeah. Uh, and you know that we love. I know this doesn't necessarily need to be said, but this is obviously just our opinion, and not everyone might feel this oh, way totally. when creating content, but. I, I honestly feel like a wide majority of people who are talking seriously about games and want to t- want to treat the hobby uh, as a little bit more of an esteemed art than just a hobby would agree that we we should we should be striving to dig into 
uh, people's time and effort and artistic endeavors and talk about them in the same way that people talk about film, that people talk about literature, and, and even more so people talk about video games. Video games uh, are treated uh, as a bit more of a serious art form in the past 20 years than they had been in the past. For sure, even even with games where uh, when you read or, or watch interviews with designers, they're talking more about trying to build story arcs in, yeah. trying to build... Like even into smaller games where they're trying to get a beginning, middle, and end for even even the smallest of game. And I, it's early in the morning, and I have <laughs> no examples uh, set out, but it's come up. Yeah. And and that to me is a is a great uh, warning flag to say that we need to start doing them more of a service when we talk about games to actually understand them better. Yeah. Uh, to be able to communicate them better because. Uh, a lot of times with reviewers, they get hung up on theme where they say, "Oh, this this is a zombie theme game, so let's let's ignore it," or "This is a you know, done to death medieval yeah. theme," and like, like even with medieval stuff or fantasy stuff, everything gets so crunched together mm-hmm. that it it's not fair to say that oh, this is another dungeon crawler and that's a theme and like dismiss it whenever you know dungeon crawler is more of a mechanic even than a yeah. theme where fantasy has such a diverse uh, lore and possibility. Uh, You know, you can have two fantasy games that explore completely different themes. Uh, One can be the the themed restaurant-style game, Mm -hmm. where it's just all the tropes doing all the things, and another one can actually be exploring parts of humanity and how you interact with each other. and, And, you know, it can be such a rich experience in the same genre. Yeah. And th- this setting. is what you're getting at is what I, I strongly feel this about <laughs> games, that we need to reclaim the word theme in a literary sense yeah. for experiential board games. It's not going to work for every board game, but for the board games that I subjectively enjoy most, <coughs> I would like to talk to them this, uh, about them the same way I talk about novels. So exactly like you said, too many reviewers and creators are, are just saying things like a really typical line that we always hear is like, oh, it's another fantasy themed game. This is an overdone, an overdone theme in board games. Well, I'm like, okay, well, let's stop saying that for a second and just look at what, what the creators, the designers have done and say, okay, here we are again in a, in a fantasy genre or in a medieval setting, uh, but this game thematically is doing different things. A game like uh, Shadows Over Camelot, for example, is going to be about betrayal and, and tension and uh, interpersonal relationships and whether you can trust the people that are sitting around the table with you. Whereas if you're talking about another medieval uh, set game, Dominion is about, you know, conquering or or this kind of stewardship of taking over this land. Dominion's Um, interesting where the theme almost changes depending on what cards you're playing with. That's true too. Which is a really interesting thing that could be explored if we had this larger language. Like you can have a game which has a setting of medieval setting yeah and like the actual theme changes depending on which which components are being played with right. so like uh and again this is a great thought we should have had yesterday and and explored the cards and written out how that might have changed but well, if I you can, have have more take that cards yeah. in a game then then the theme changes to something more about like you were saying with yeah. social deduction games where there's more of a trust there's more of a yeah an exploration of interaction with the people and then if you have more just money cards and victory point cards, then it, then it becomes something else entirely. Well, yeah, Dominion is 
you know, when I initially played it, it's a game that I've set aside. And partly because I've heard so many people say about that game, oh, it's just a pasted on theme. I'm using air quotes again because I hear pasted on theme a lot. And sure, Dominion could have been set in it anywhere. So many Dominion clones have happened since then that have change the setting and, and, and set it off into space or into, yeah, I don't know. Clone's a, clone's a terrible word. Yeah, probably, yeah. <laughs> uh, if we're talking about language. Fair enough. Be, be, we have to be more careful ourselves. Well, people have, have borrowed Dominion's ideas and created similar style Built games. upon. Yeah, even and, and built upon it, but by changing the setting, and then yeah. and then in hindsight, in retrospect, people have said, "Well, now in comparison, Dominion feels like a bland theme." But like you said, if you take um, maybe one of the more popular expansions, I think is called Intrigue, which which does make a lot more of those kind of take that cards. Well, then, like we said, rather than use theme as oh, Dominion still has this medieval theme. Well, no, you mean you insert this uh, expansion, Intrigue, and now it has. Themes of betrayal and deception yeah. and intrigue, like in the title. They, they want you to talk about intrigue. It's in the title of the expansion. They don't want you to say it's a boring theme. Yeah. There's hundreds of cards that make the game more interesting and deep now. I can't believe I'm going to bat for Dominion here. This is, this is great. It's a fun game. Uh, it's still a fun game. Yeah. Uh, it, it brings up, like, whenever you're talking about books, you have a theme, you have setting, you have plots, mm-hmm. you have a tone and the style and like and all of these are applicable to games and the bigger the game the the more these words are applicable and the more you can dig into what's happening in the game to to communicate better uh the experience of the game so when review is like you were saying uh sort of dismiss a game because of the theme this theme has happened too much uh one that's that's such a personal opinion yeah because you know, I've I've played several Viking games, and I'm not necessarily going to be tired of another Viking game. If it's a good game, I'm I'm gonna have a good time with it. Yeah. So like, and and that Viking game as something else, maybe maybe it won't work for me. Right. Doesn't matter. So that that whole concept of this theme being overdone is subjective for one, and and misses out on the fact that that's that's maybe a setting yeah. or a subject matter more than more than what's actually happening in the game yeah and the other the other part of that is that uh a lot of times the same reviewers are are sort of saying if they would have spent some more time developing that game they might have found a better theme and like a lot of for me i I feel like because of the the way the hobby works and because of why people get into the hobby a lot of these smaller projects and and not not big publisher games are are people's passion you know, mm-hmm. they play a game that they love and they get ideas and they want to make their own and they want to make the game they want to play. And so a lot of times whenever games get set in that subject world, yep. I, I, see, I'm, I'm falling apart trying yeah, to yeah. talk about it because mm-hmm. the theme is the automatic word in my head. Whenever games have that setting. Yeah, that's the same stuff. Whenever they, they're, they've put another fantasy game out, it's because they wanted to play or build that fantasy game. Yeah. So to, to cut them short to say that this has been done and, and have them lose points because of that yeah feels feels unfortunate like it does seem unfair if the game is no good if if it's obvious that the game would have worked better as something else that's fair to talk about but, yeah but to automatically cut points off of the review because you've seen that theme too many times is yeah it's I mean, unfortunate in the initial notes that you sent me the the example that kind of drove it home for me um <laughs> was your example about space. You had read somewhere that space is an overused or an overdone theme. Oh, and that and same one, space and history. And history. Oh, how broad is that? So, But but even just saying, 
space or history. Space seems a little more, paints a better picture in my head because uh, not many people would say sci-fi is an overdone genre. We're always looking for more sci-fi. Sci-fi changes as technology changes and new writers emerge. It's a, it's a genre that's never going to go away and no one really wants it to. Um, in the same way, I love games set in space. It's, it's, here I go. It's my second favorite theme in air quotes, but it's not my second favorite theme. It's, it's, it's my favorite genre or set of games that are set in, in space tend to interest me sometimes aesthetically. So they're more creative. Space has a, space as a theme is one of the, the quickest to fall apart because it's so, so broad. Yeah. Uh, like the difference between clank in space and Twilight yeah. Imperium. Oh my god. For what's happening in the game. That's not a that's not a you know, space is not the theme of Twilight Imperium. Yeah. Space is not the theme of of Clank. It's it, the restaurant setting, sure, yeah. but not but not theme. And, yeah. and and it's really easy like the other side of this argument is is really easy to get back at us because yeah. you know, the definition of of theme, one of the definitions of theme is just you know, just just like the restaurant, whatever uh-huh. whatever it looks like, that's what it is. Where the the literal, the literary side of that is is that it's what's the main idea that's flowing through it? What's the sort right. of human concept that's being explored? Which is sort of where we feel it should be leaning to more, and we should be using other words to to talk about the set dressing and yeah. and the rest of it. So just to reiterate that, we we totally understand that our argument falls apart very easily totally uh depending and, on what definition and we've you're, talked you're, ourselves you're in circles about. around yeah. i know at some point reading through the notes and putting together some thoughts i was kind of like oh well actually this is the best that we've got and this is this yeah. is what works it comes up constantly and i still think it does work and because we're we're we we are interested in the industry and the hobby those words are going to work we're going to understand what content creators are talking about when they use the word theme um but that doesn't mean that it, it, it couldn't couldn't change. I just want to jump for a second to um, I started digging into BGG. I'm not picking on BGG here by any means. It's one of my favorite places to go to on the internet. Um, but in reading their definition of theme, this is where I feel like we get into a bit of a <coughs> maybe it's not old school, but the difference between a, a, a thematic game and a strategy game. Um, so BGG defines thematic games. Uh, games that contain a strong theme, which drives the overall game experience, creating a dramatic story or narrative similar to a book or action movie. And then they give examples that seem almost exclusively just are IPs, like Battlestar Galactica or War of the Ring from Lord of the Rings. They also use Twilight Imperium as an example. But these games that have uh, strong themes and drive a kind of story arc. It contrasts with their other main... Uh, definition of, of, of type of game on BGG strategy game, uh, which they say also known as Euro games in quotes and Euro games are usually built around an elegant set of mechanics, um, with a more general theme than they use an example like power grid or Agricola. And the themes tend to invoke more everyday events like trading and building. I feel like there was a time not that long ago when both those definitions worked fairly well. If you put a game like Agricola next to a game like War of the Ring, those are pretty different story experiences. Yeah. You can still craft a story out of playing Agricola, but you're right, it is a little more of an everyday, a menial kind of story. Um, but in looking at those definitions side by side, I'm starting to find that newer games are are throwing those, those out the window because there are many 
again in air quotes, Euro games uh, that have these elegant mechanics and obvious an obvious amount of thought went into the mechanics that are still doing a really good job of crafting a narrative and telling a story. And uh, I should use an example because it's at the tip of my tongue. But the biggest example for me that, and I've only played it once with you, and it stuck with me hard, uh, is Spirit Island, which is a, a pretty... It's a heavy game. It's not super heavy, but it's it's it, there's a lot going on. It, it feels heavy. Yeah, it, and once you get it, it, it it's not a super heavy game, but there's a lot going on. I think so it, it has the learning curve makes it makes it feel heavier than yeah. it, than it is once you've once you're playing it. It it takes care of itself. Right. So on BGG, for example, it's in there as a strategy game. Uh, so it has, by their definition, these mechanics that kind of lend to a more general theme. Well, I don't think Spirit Island is a general theme. It. You know, you might put it side by side with Catan because there's similar things happening, but in a lot of ways, it's like an anti-Catan. And to me, it, the designers had to design that game uh, knowing that people were going to stop and think about what's happening. Whereas, you know, I played Catan for 10 years and never really thought about what I was doing in that game. You are just thinking about the mechanics in a purely strategical way. Um, and Spirit Island has been released and kind of like, well, let's think about what's happening in that game, actually. These people are coming in, they're destroying, uh, they're building islands, they're leaving blight and poison and uh, <coughs> degradation behind, and you get this chance to play as spirits, as these mythological spirits, to, to get rid of, of colonists to protect native inhabitants. There's so much more going on there. There's such a story arc, there's such a uh, a setting um, and so many just, themes in the literary sense at play. Just for the amount of exposition that's written into the game yeah. for, for each of the characters uh, puts it puts so much, uh, I, I can't say theme, into it. Right. Puts so much story, puts so much life into it that, yeah, it, it, it definitely bridges between those two distinct categories. It, it bridges that, between those types of games, but this is where, for a game like Spirit Island... I would never want to use the word thematic in, in the way that we're kind of criticizing a little bit because there are so many literary style themes at play in the game. So we have, you know, the obvious colonization. But then there's like environmentalism that's happening of, of this kind of what happens to a, to a native, uh, to, to an untouched island uh, when, you know, society uh, forces itself on it and, and, and changes it. Um, it, it, it delves into mythology and folklore of, of a fictional indigenous people, I think. I'm not exactly sure whether they've actually done research around the... I don't, I don't think it's a real mythological. island. Yeah, no. There's a spirit island in Jasper, I noticed. There, there is, but no one, no one lives there. Right. It's very, but, t- very tiny. But, you know, it, it does make us think that, like, well, for me anyways, <laughs> I, I'm particularly interested in, in indigenous culture, it would make me think, wow, even though these are fictional deities or spirits that exist in this game... Uh, there's probably some really interesting folklore mythology that exists in you know First Nations and Indigenous people just around. Well, I know for a fact there is, but it's just a little bit more thoughtful, and it plays with again that mythology and folklore side of things that I think you could put in there as a theme, literary, like dig into what mythology means and folklore means, or what, um, yeah, what that means to a group of people. I don't know. There's just so much at play that it just seems a disservice to say, this is a strategy game. It's not a thematic game. Um, it, it, it is and it isn't. Uh, for the other side of that, BGG's, you know, obviously 
and part of our whole argument is yeah. that moving forward, we, we feel like this needs to expand. Not that any of it has been wrong up till now. Not that any of it is no, wrong. No, God, no. Yeah. Just, just that moving forward, we should all be just sort of finding new ways to talk about games as they get more complex. And and Spirit Island is definitely one that has become complex enough that that there's so much more to talk about than than right. these these easy categories. But but those categories aren't necessarily going to go away for for style of game, yeah. you know? And it the it's just that the word has to change to something else. Like it that that would be the, you know, the style of game that you play is a euro style or Right. And and that's where where our whole thing is that theme keeps being used as a catch-all that sort of smushes the style, the tone, the setting, yeah. everything into one category. And there's always going to be uh, lighter games where theme works for all of it. Yeah. And and there's always going to be more and more deeper games that 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 is not doing it justice to say that it's a it's an airplane theme game, you know. Yeah. Airplane was a terrible word, but it was the and, first word I thought of. And well, you, previous to saying airplane, we're talking about categories, and that's how BGG does balance their, um, their just, oh God, what's the word I'm looking for? Just their split between like thematic and strategy games. They they sometimes just lump a, a game into a bunch of different categories. So like Spirit Island I'm looking at right now has, you know, mythology, like I was saying, fantasy, fighting, as a category um territory building of course so all those make sense and they also have more uh cat they're saying category but i would say we could we could call these themes and like dig into them uh, and talk about them thoughtfully environmental and what that means for that game and then the, the first one that they have there is age of reason which to me is just like that's such a huge thing to say about this game yeah that's that's trying to pinpoint uh the setting because this is made up world right has a you know the invaders are possibly from the same time period right but i mean it's not it's a fantasy world yeah. so it doesn't we're not even sure it's earth right you know but to me again as a you know and as a complete bias like i teach english and i love digging into things for example if i was using spirit island as a teaching tool yeah. and age of reason was something that popped up on a on a on a website like bgg well, i might say to a group of people what is the age of reason let's dig into it let's find out what it means we dig into this age of enlightenment we talk about all these philosophers and and scientists who are like changing the world and then how does that apply to Spirit Island? And you can talk about it. It might not. It might not mean anything. This is where we're where we're getting at that subjective style of talking about games. Some people may not be interested in doing that. I, for one, am interested in reading about it and hearing about it, and obviously talking about it. Um, but there's so much more there under the surface. For a weird uh, weird point of detail, if we were having the discussion of how does Spirit Island or does Spirit Island fit into the Age of Reason, uh, whenever you build cities, mm. uh, you go from from the explorers to the towns, right. to the cities, and the cities are like little skyscrapers, which to me, I don't think in the age of reason, they mm. were building buildings that tall. Mm. Yeah, I can't picture so, them in my head right so now. So in, yeah. in, in my <laughs> head, Spirit Island is is somewhere else. Like it's Well, they have fantasy in there too, and yeah, it, yeah. Does, it does fit that, but it's borrowing from real world sure, yeah, uh, yeah. history and, and themes. Intra the point being, I'm talking about it for 10 minutes now, there's so much more there than just and, uh, and strategy. That's, and that's a problem, like, BGG is they're doing the best they can and it's like anytime somebody mentions something that happens in the game they add it as a category right and like m maybe that's not 
helping. Right. Yeah. It's, and and I mean and I'm and I'm not criticizing BGG in any way. I actually love that category section because yeah, yeah. that's getting at what we're talking about. But it, it's it's it works more like uh like a hashtag. Yeah. To find things that you found compelling in one game, you can sort of search a hashtag of I liked I liked Age of Reason True. in that game. Yeah. And then like here's 20 other games that yeah. Someone, someone has linked to that. That's very so, true. And again, this this whole argument is... I don't even know if it's an argument. This whole conversation <laughs> is so cyclical because everything can cancel itself out every second sentence. Um, but very... To me, I think it's it's really worthwhile. Like, I, I got onto it uh, just reading websites and, and coming across somebody's list of top 10 overused themes. Right. And this is a list where it said space and history as themes that were overused. And like, and no one's putting out lists of, you know, to counter that, like themes that haven't been done. Right. And like to, to say that history is, a, is an overused theme for board games is, is bonkers to me. Like history is everything. You know, history yeah. is the entire, exp- it's like, oh, T-Rex is a history game. Uh Dinosaur Island is not a history game yet right. because it might not have happened yet, but it will be. Yeah. You know? Uh, yeah, that's interesting. So so that just started making me think about, about theme in general and how can how can space be a, a theme. And I mean, I wonder, like, when, when someone um, makes a broad statement like history is an overused theme, theme, are they specifically, I wonder, referring to, and again, in a similar way that we already talked about, like a pasted-on theme or an overused theme, um, like trading in the Mediterranean, for example, sure. that'll always get used. Like, oh, another trading in the Mediterranean game. Um, maybe that's what someone's referring to when they say history. Like, I'm tired of games borrowing from a specific uh, period historical of, period. Yeah, yeah. Come up with something new. I mean, they would have to say that. I'm just kind of playing devil's advocate a little bit, but um, but even that is is not not really fair i feel like because yeah trading trading will always be a subject and we can take one year in any at any given point of time in history and and a, a good designer could design hundreds of games from that one year probably right There's a lot happens With in interesting a year. uh things going on um love i love historical games yeah i've lost our uh i've lost our thread uh, our train of thought our train of thought well I feel like uh we're just rehashing the same, same well, stuff now. But we kind of knew this was going to happen. No matter, you know, I was thinking we would come in, we would define what, what theme is or or uh, theme as a catch-all. We, we've talked about all this, but I knew what, we were just going to talk ourselves in circles the same way we wrote ourselves in circles yeah, on yeah. notes. It's complicated. Yeah. It's just, I think it's interesting food for thought. And, you know, if anyone happens to stumble upon this and listen to it and they create content in any way, what I would like people to take from this, and I'm going to try to apply it to my own um, my own content, is is approaching it kind of from this new games journalism standpoint that we've talked about before. Um, and I'm going to not do this any kind of justice, but for anyone who's unfamiliar, new games journalist, I think, is coined by uh, Kieran... I might be mispronouncing his name, Kieran Gillen, who's now probably mostly known for writing comic books, but has been really involved with uh, games journalism, video games journalism uh, in the past, like turn uh, 1999, 2000, early 2000s. Um, turn of the century. Turn of the century. Historical. Um, and basically, in a nutshell, I've taken, this from, uh, oh my God. I've taken this from an article offline <laughs> by Andy Robertson. Um, 
And he said that most New Games journal, uh, journalist articles, they're not reviews of games in the traditional sense. They can instead be understood uh, as being um, kind of like travel journalism, where the writer's responding to subjective experiences um, and interactions with other players, uh, personal experiences and anecdotes which come together to create a unique story. And some content creators do this already, where they're just taking the game and how it made them feel and what it did for the people around the table and what it made them think of and what movies it made them think of or what books or art. And they, and they bring in these kind of illusions and, and anecdotes that make you think about the game in a more artistic way. Um, and I like that. I like maybe drop, this is kind of what I want to take from this conversation, is maybe dropping some of the language that we use as catch-alls and just just switching it up a little bit and maybe speaking more to the experience versus the here's what type of game it is, here's the theme that's been pasted on, here's who's going to like it. If you like this game, you, you might like this game. That's a fine type of review, and people want that type of review. I'm just, again, speaking subjectively for the type of content that I want to see and that I want to create. We'll, we'll be digging into it on a different kind of artistic level i'm starting to fall apart here yeah uh it all falls apart <laughs> uh like any t- any time so so we love the idea that theme is broken for some games where mm-hmm. you have a game that that has too much going on to say the theme is this yeah but at the same time whenever you take a game and you put a we'll call it a subject into it Mm -hmm. and then you start looking at how that subject affects the mechanisms of the game right where you can have four different games that have the same mechanic but based on how it interacts with that thematic element right they feel completely different and they work to make that subject come alive and i I can't think of a better way to say a thematic element you know so if we're if we're saying theme doesn't work all the time but I can't find a way to replace the word thematic element. Then our argument, mm. our argument completely falls apart. Uh, so yeah, that's where well, we're at. It's a. Well, it's a, I, I kind of like. Um, can someone figure this out? And <laughs> well, I, I was I was thinking of an example because you know I've been going through, as I'm sure you have too, some articles of people talking about this exact uh, topic of discussion, um, and someone was talking about the game Dungeon Pets which Dungeon Pets is a great example of what you were just talking about. Um, You know, tried and true mechanics of of worker placement that just kind of invoke... Theme of keeping your animals alive. (laughs) Right. The theme... Yeah, there's so much going on in that game. What I was going to say is I, I think I could replace the word theme with experience or experiential. Like the experience of what it might be like to be a little imp raising wild monsters for dungeon lords uh, the way that those mechanics interact with one another um, just brings that experience home to me and i was thinking so one guy and this is an example of what i was just talking about this new games journalism where it's, it's going to be a subjective experience people are having a discussion about dungeon pets and one guy was like it all falls apart for me um with the uh, he said something like the never-ending meat vendor like the meat the meat that you can take from the yeah, market yeah. just keeps appearing. 
And so for him, the subjective experience and the, the, the immersion into that game falls apart when meat just keeps showing up in the market, which is really interesting that I'm like, I didn't need, that didn't dawn on me and I don't really get it still. They needed to work in a delivery truck? Yeah, exactly. Like he, something is, one thing is missing from that like, yeah. uh, really it, unique experience. The linchpin that held it all together for him was the meat deliveries. And, uh, and I'm not criticizing the guy. I'm like, wow, that's, it again, speaks to how we experience Totally, games. because for me, uh, that game works so well because everything explains itself, and I want to say based on that theme because that's the language that we have. Yeah. So where they've they've taken, uh, and that's a really peculiar game. Like it's totally, a it's yeah. a Euro style game that has so much life uh, tying everything together that sort of like what Agricola does, where you're 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 farming. <laughs> Except fun. Yeah, (laughs) you're farming and you know what you have to do for everything uh dungeon pets makes everything so obvious yeah about you know if i don't do this that dies if i don't do this and i gotta clean poop yeah uh, and i gotta remember to clean poop or the animals are gonna get angry they're gonna get sad uh they don't want to live in their own poop but 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 to to talk about that game this is the exact thing that i was saying like it's those thematic elements and i can't find another word to say that the thematic elements of of how all of the mechanics work together, and like so the it my argument totally mm-hmm. falls apart. And and immersive, that's the way I want to say immersion and immersive. Yeah, but but the language you stumble on it, mm. where this catch all of theme works so smoothly. Yeah, but so so here's what my problem with this. So Dungeon Pets was a, a good example. It's for, conversation for many reasons. For me, I, I started to think of. Um, Vlada Schwatil, who designed Dungeon Pets, also designed Galaxy Trucker. And both those games, well, one, uh, Dungeon Pets is more, is heavier than Galaxy Trucker. Um, but both those games, even how, right down to how the rule books are written, are almost designed as comedy. And I thought, you know, he's taken a worker placement. He's taken, Galaxy Trucker is pretty unique, but, you know, tile, tile placement and uh, uh, resource kind of management a little bit. Uh, and he's kind of made them genre-wise, comedies. They're both meant to be funny. Galaxy yeah. Trucker's meant to be a disaster. Um, you put your ship together and it gets destroyed over the course of an hour and a half you're playing the game, and, and it can be harrowing a little bit, but you're meant to kind of laugh at each other, I think. Dungeon Pets, while it's a worker placement, you know, to compare it to Agricola, where you're like, oh, am I going to be able to feed my family? I feel tense, and this feels like real work. This feels like real farming. That's a complete exaggeration. But um, Dungeon Pets... Uh, has you as these imps where you're like, okay, I'm going to put my guy in front of this cage. I'm going to play with that the monster. Uh, when that turn comes up, oh, crap, I had the wrong cage here. The monster escape trampled me, and now I'm in the hospital, and my imp friends have to come get me from the hospital to bring me back to my burrow. Like, that's like Looney Tunes slapstick. You have uh, you have the one of the few games where you have to go and do paperwork. Right, you have to do like immigration I'm, work. Yeah, almost I'm go to the, do some paperwork to get some of my family to come help. It's uh, and any game that that you have to clean up poop has got to be yeah. comedy. And and I don't think anyone really people mention that it's fun and they oh this is one of the only rule books where I laughed out loud. But I don't think anyone's ever said, oh Vlada's pretty good at designing comedy games, at designing and, funny. And there's games. a there's maybe a thing that that's missing uh, if we look at it. For literature and movies again, uh, genres we get sci-fi, mm-hmm. we get comedy, we get a, li- a little more breathing room. Yeah, 
I think so. Yeah, man, it's interesting. Um, uh, but it's hard to, like you said, it's hard to, we can talk about this. And, and by no means were we coming in here to be like, there's a problem with the we games industry. And we board games. If anything, yeah. I just want people to talk about it and explore it. And I don't have an answer for it. And we can't even replace the word theme in, in some of the instances we're talking about. But there's something, there's another way to explore these games so that, they, that they're, they're put up on, the, on a level with our other favorite art forms. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's, it's in the initial, this is a, a space theme or this is a whatever theme that, that it really is clunky. Mm. And, and as board games expand, our language needs to expand, I feel. We need to find better ways to talk about the game because as much as that, that works for some people to say, oh, it's another space game, I don't want to play it. Mm-hmm. That's, that's, you know, there's no way around that. If you don't like fantasy, you're not going to like any fantasy games sure. that come out maybe. But but even that's not true. Like uh, some people don't like fantasy games and then they, they play like fantasy realms and, and love the way the cards interact and love the right. way things work. And it's such a small game that they they can see past the set dressing and just enjoy the mechanics and, and have a great time. Uh, so. And to be honest, that's where this whole conversation uh, also falls apart. Uh, and it becomes this subjective experience that we're talking about because some people just want to learn the mechanics and get good at the mechanics and play the mechanics and don't want to think about it in any other uh, more deep, deeper detailed way. And there's nothing wrong with that. My wife, for example, has a hard time seeing uh, seeing the game for for its setting and for its theme <laughs> yeah you know like uh we'll talk about the first time we played lords of water deep I'd, I'd be curious if melissa was here right now we could ask her but i remember the first couple games where we you know we play dungeons and dragons and things and we're, we're referring to the cubes that are moving around as clerics and, and yeah wi- for the first bunch wizzies. of times i wanted to read every card yeah and and, and invoke yeah the, so the setting and the world this is what's happening and especially with uh whenever you you've complete a quest where you know, three fighters, two clerics, and a wizard go off to yeah. to quell some uprising, and only a fighter and a cleric come yeah. back, and like your your, your there. workers have died, and ah, and it's sad, and there's a little everybody has a drink at the tavern after, and it's just yeah. like ah, Joe, poor Joe, I lost him. But but yeah, whenever my wife uh, started playing, she's not, she doesn't have a love for fantasy, but she's interested in games and wanted to play the game, and and for her it didn't matter. Because that, that game works so smoothly, ignoring the set dressing. And it's just, okay, this card tells me I need three orange, two purple, and mm-hmm. white. And, and, and you know, she, she wins every second game. Yeah. And, like, she started in the last, you know, we've played, like, 20 or 30 times. And then they, about halfway through that, she will now, you know, call, it a, call it a whizzy, <laughs> which is shameful. But I may or may not have coined it. I'm not sure if it exists on the interweb. It's Wizards terrible. Don't, are whizzies. Don't start using it. Yes, use it. But clerics aren't clarys. No, no, of fighters, course not. What? Fighters aren't fighters. I grew up with clarys. There's clarys <laughs> in Placentia. No. But yeah, so I forget what your point was. But. <laughs> My point was that uh, for, for someone like Melissa, and, and, and not for every game, just for that subjective experience, maybe initially playing a fantasy game, you're looking at them as cubes rather than people. And that might change over time. It might not. And it doesn't matter. Her experience is extremely valid, and ours is too. And we want to talk about and maybe listen to other people talk about it in the way that you did. That um, 
man, I'm doing a lot of hand gesticulation for a podcast. Oh, it's working. Um, <laughs> yeah, but we, we want to talk about it in, in the way that you did with people going back to the tavern and we lost Joe and oh, that Bahamas ate, ate him. Mm. We watched Joe get eaten by that scary floating Behemoth? head. Behemoth? Bahamas? Oh, Beholder. Be- oh, Beholder. Oh, jeez. Oh, jeez, I'm mixing up. I, I couldn't figure out what you were saying. Yeah. Well, Bahamas works. Baham- however that word's pronounced, works as well. There's just like a big monster, right? Man. Beholder? I am talking about Beholder. Yeah, okay. Yeah. The but I did say Floating behemoth, eyeball yeah. monster. Floating eyeball there monster. Yeah. Because I was picturing Joe getting eaten by that thing because those things are terrifying. Mm. Also would be terrifying if it was just a general uh, behemoth who might just be a furry <laughs> monster. We we, we played... Uh, <laughs> I'll try and shoehorn this in. We played <laughs> Skullport last night. Right. And it's the first time we played with the actual Skullport expansion with the corruption track. So thematically lords of Waterdeep changed right and yeah. not not even because it, it's always been a game of corruption yeah but that theme is getting explored so much more with the new corruption track well it's not new it's new to it's us been around for a while new, uh, new to us yeah that new corruption track adds adds that theme so much heavier where you could play it before and we did play it before avoiding the whole concept of corruption. We've played whole games where no one will play a take that game yeah. card and just and just go about their stuff and like you accidentally step on each other's toes, mm-hmm. but it's a very polite tea society yeah. of the Lords of Waterdeep. And and now with the corruption one, we are forced to deal directly with the theme of corruption. Yeah. There's no way around it. I mean, you want you want stuff, you're going to a slave market and and you're dealing directly with corruption which is really interesting because the game's theme originally had corruption all through it yeah you're 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 playing in a town of corruption you're playing with dudes and and ladies and lords who are corrupt yeah but we would play it avoiding that whole central theme right last the setting dungeons and dragons yeah water deep fantasy uh, but the theme was always corruption. Yeah. And, you know, I, I did think about it last night because I had this mandatory quest, which is, you know, those quests you can give to another opponent and they have to complete it before they can go back to the ones that they're actually working on. I had one in my hand for quite a while and I didn't want to use it and not out of not wanting to have bad blood or take that going around on the table. I, I felt like I was in the running to win last night. Didn't win. Um, And I was like, I don't, I don't want to do this to someone because then they might just do it back to me really quickly. And, and that, that, that works as an immersive, I'm using immersive experience here because I'm, I'm thinking about you as a Lord in water deep. And I'm thinking, I don't want to mess with that guy because I got a chance to come out on top here and I don't want him messing with me this close to the end. And, and that still worked as a story. Um, but yeah, I think for a while you're right. We were, we were just kind of uh, tiptoeing around it or there's sometimes in the luck of the draw, there's just not a lot of take that that comes up, and the only take that is blocking each other a little. I, I think um, we convince ourselves of that, but then you play with Andrew, right? And Andrew will go out of his way, yeah. to to use that to its fullest. He will any take mm. that card he gets, he will play as soon as he can, and like, and he thrives on it. He loves yeah. it, and it and it makes the game really fun. Where we we've we shy away from it, and uh, and we get so like I. I love the game. I get I get emotional about the game, which is a whole other conversation. Right. I I love that games can can make emotions so real. Right. And like two player game, uh, like playing with Dave, uh, who will we'll get back 
Uh, yes, Dave's in season two. Totally talk to me. He has a dog, teenager. Uh, playing two player game with Dave, and like we both had lords that were going after, and I think all of them in the base game crisscross. So yeah. you're, you know, the chances that you play a two player game that two of you are going for warfare quests, right, are pretty good. So Dave and I were both going for at least half of the same stuff all the time, and two players go back and forth so fast, and like everything yeah. I was trying to do. Dave was getting and like and it was just building ah. up in me and like and then to throw take that into that mm. is just it's and that that's a that's the theme you know right, like exactly. that's exactly that's the emotional uh connection between Dave and I playing that game is this theme of corruption where I am just like you're doing this on purpose yeah you know you are you are deliberately stabbing me in the back right now and like the theme you know, it's not D and D like that's that's the setting. That's the the subject is is yeah. the lords and the town and the and the theme is that is that feeling that interaction. Uh, but but I can argue the other side of that too. So yeah, but I but, think you're getting at something interesting there, and we've already used a couple of examples. But Lords of Waterdeep is a pretty good one as well because I might be wrong about this, but I think in general, hearing reviewers talk about it, they kind of. It's kind of similar to how they talk about Dominion, the way that we said it was like, well, it's a pretty lightly pasted on theme onto this worker placement game, um, which sure, you can say that. But I think when people are saying lightly or like a pasted on theme, they're saying it's boring sometimes, you know, and, I, and Lords of Waterdeep, like we just talked about, I think on the outset could seem that way. Oh, wait, it's a Dungeons and Dragons game, but I'm not uh, I'm not a warrior. I'm not a knight like slaying dragons and fighting monsters. I'm just a lord who's sending them off. And I've really, you know, you might have to work a little harder. And like you said earlier, read through all the cards and immerse yourself in that story. But all that aside, I think it's it's what you just said a minute ago. The feelings that, that happen in that game sometimes when you didn't get to that spot or someone played a, a card that affected you negatively. It's a social switch situation and a human experience happening where you felt betrayed or you felt, uh, you felt targeted or you felt nervous even like that, the, the tension of living in a town with people that you may or may not trust or that you think you can trust, but you don't know if they might do you wrong at some point, you know, it's a, it, it, it carries it with it a little bit of like a social deduction vibe without having to pretend to be anybody else um it, it does bring up some tension and feelings and the counterbalance uh directly to that is that where i say saying that it's an overdone theme is subjective mm. and then the opposite of that is is saying that that's important is completely subjective saying that that's yeah, yeah. that's Im- what a theme should be or that <laughs> any of that that's all subjective because right. some people don't care or want that at all. So right. like it's not it's not even an argument. It's just a conversation. Totally. It's just this is I I feel like, you know, to reiterate, I feel like we just need better language and mm-hmm. more, even just more language. Yep. You know, the language we have works. We just we just need more of it. We and, just need more language. And and we're com- we more keep words. it we you know, in this round circling conversation, we are hitting on uh points. Of, of value for for me and maybe for you Subjectively. too. Yeah, totally. But this is the whole point. It, it kind of it's like a this conversation is an example of 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 this new games journalism or how I want to talk about games and hear people talk about games. It's completely subjective. It's my own experience, but that's what I want from 
board game conversation and board game content. It's not what everyone else wants. This is just a conversation. If you or someone else, if, if, if we just pulled in one of our buds who, you know, like games but only casually play them and don't really want to talk about them at this level, I don't know why we'd bring them in. But if they were here, they might be the counter to this argument to be like, well, I don't want to hear this conversation. I don't well, even want to be here. That's a, that's, <laughs> a great, that's a great way to have that conversation. Totally. Is to bring yeah. someone in who's, you know, that we just play telestrations with yeah. and, and see what they think. Yeah. That'd be fun. Do we have another hour? Let's call somebody. Let's call someone right now. Uh, but, but, it, but I do think now uh, we should get Dave back and, and just talk about Lords of Waterdeep for an hour. Yeah. You guys can ham it out. That's um, that's a fun conversation there. Oh, I mean, and, Lords and, of Waterdeep has... Uh, it's, yeah, I don't want to... I'm going to start the whole conversation. Well, well this is, and this is where this... We wanted this... Uh, where we started with this podcast. This is kind of what we wanted. Maybe this would have been a good conversation to have before we even started delving into deeper discussions about games. It's like we wanted to dig into, obviously, like our mandate or whatever for the first couple episodes was like, well, let's talk about this game that we really like and let's compare it and, and, and pair it with other pieces of art and work that we enjoy and like. And, you know, our language is development as we play more games and, and immerse ourselves in, in the hobby. Um, but we've always wanted to talk this way about games and we're just hoping that the language develops and look at, uh, is, is, is not a non sequitur because it's the whole conversation. Yeah. Uh, but I just thought, uh, left for dead. Is that, uh, what's it called? Dead one. Dead, dead of uh, winter. Dead of winter. Yeah. Dead of winter. Uh, zombie theme by, by our current language. Yeah. But that game being a co-op, uh, possibly playing with a traitor. Yeah. Uh, there's there's so much humanity going on in the game that oh, can be yeah. explored that the themes are are not zombie or post apocalypse or like that is a a subject that's a setting mm-hmm. that's uh that's just where it all happens. Yeah. And and to say to lump it in with a zombie game and have somebody go, I don't want to play a zombie game. And and this is the the other thing with the the pasted on concept. Yeah. I think the the whenever someone says pasted on means the game you know will work with any other setting. Yeah. But that but that's irrelevant. You know, it's it's kind of it's mostly irrelevant. And again, I can argue against that as well. But uh, the the designer like that that was a game Lords of Waterdeep. Go 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 back. Okay. Woo! <laughs> I was running all over. <laughs> it's a Lords of Waterdeep is a game. Uh, put out by Wizards of the Coast, who are doing a Dungeons and Dragons game, and I think that game is is styled after Kylos, right. which is an earlier worker placement game with uh, with the buildings and with a lot of take that. And I think setting. I think Kylos is a lot more. Uh, there's a lot more take that going on. Right, it's a meaner game, uh, and Lords of Waterdeep. It's 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 not really thinly pasted on. Well, it is thinly pasted on, which makes it work for for Melissa and right. and everybody can get into it because it doesn't it doesn't really matter, and you can put something else onto that. But it's a, it's a Dungeons and Dragons game, so like it's th- it thinly pasted on is is an unfortunate way to say that because that's exactly what it was supposed to be, right. and it works so well. Mm. So it's uh, the setting is is you know, exactly where it was supposed to be. Wizards of the Coast wasn't trying to put anything else together. What does that sound? Tap, 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 tap. We have a... Tap, 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 tap. We have a ghost. Tap, 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 tap. 
I don't know where that's coming from. I don't know where that's coming from. But again, I think I can counter that point again, which is that we can just go back and forth on this all day, I feel like, you know. But um, again, I I think that example comes back to BGG's thematic versus strategy, where I think Kalis or Kylas or however it's pronounced would be a strategy Euro game, one of the first worker placements, if I'm not mistaken, right? Well, I I don't know about that. I'm not sure. Maybe not. Okay, whatever. But it's 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 older and it's a Euro game, a medieval setting, um, and I don't think anyone would dispute it or call it thematic or Ameritrash, which we didn't even talk about Ameritrash. But um, maybe that's good that we didn't talk about Ameritrash. I think so. I don't love it. Um, but then to say Lords of Waterdeep is then a pasted on theme on that. Does does the fact that the Dungeons and Dragons universe the setting was applied to that game system or, or mechanics? make it then a thematic game and not a strategy game. It's almost the the same game. It's just trying to invoke a a sense of place and a sense of story and and questing and camaraderie and backstabbing and cutthroatery. Um, Mechanically, I don't think the game changes from a Euro-style strategy game, but maybe people would argue I don't have it in front of me whether they call it a strategy game or a thematic game. Um, But I find that interesting then. Is it because Kalos is boring? Like, again, we call it a paste it on theme because, well, it's just medieval. It's just building and trading. Um, or, and backstabbing. And some backstabbing, too. But then the, the, ins, the, the moment you include monsters or put an IP on it, it's like thematic. Um, that's weird. That and seems... it, might, it might all boil down to how you define the word theme. Uh, if you that's, define that's it what in, we're talking about. If you define it in the <laughs> theme, theme restaurant sort of way then it, it all is fine. Everything's okay. Uh, but but it just it just doesn't help enough uh, as our games get richer, as our experiences get broader, as the, the whole industry grows and grows and grows. People are trying to design games the more more like they write books, more yeah. like they, they make movies and that and that experience is getting richer and our language needs to to follow suit some lords of Waterdeep is in as a strategy game by the way um well it, it can't not be yeah no totally but i wondered if it would like the war of the ring having a lord of the rings ip mm. and being called a strategy game but um we only have a few minutes left but if i could use one example that i did have written down which i find uh, a little well it's mind-boggling for a bunch of reasons and i've gone into some detail about fog of love on our, our website and again how the subjective story experiences that I got from that game. Uh, it's hard to talk about that game using the language that we have. And I don't feel like uh, BGG can, can even really do it. It's, it's in as a thematic game. Fair enough. Um, I guess it explores themes of love and it relationships. Explores a and lot. It's, and, and that's one that the themes kind of change depending on what cards come totally. up because, because the whole game is about interaction but I think it's a it's another great example, like Spirit Island, of a relatively new game that is 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 to me is pointing out the glaring kind of problem with the language that we're using. It makes it really hard to chat about this game if we're just going to say it's a uh, it's a theme about love. It's a role playing story game. Uh, it's it's a theme. It doesn't have a theme. setting. No, the setting is whatever you make it. I yeah. mean, I might just call it a storytelling game, and you would talk about it each. each yeah, and then and then but, someone who loves Dixit might hate it, right? And someone who hates Dixit might love it. So to to just say it's a storytelling but, game. No, you're right. I, w- I wouldn't short. call it that. I w- I would call that game an experience, um, 
and and it's it's a perfect example of i think people are going to have such subjective experiences with that some people are going to bounce off of it right away and other people are going to have uh well i don't want to try to apply different situations people are going to have unique experiences with that game and it makes it hard to talk about with any kind of catch-all language so that that's that's where we're at how can we talk about this game like it's uh like it's an oscar nominated movie um or or an album of the year which is that's weird you you almost have to talk about that game based on the game you just played yeah it's hard to talk about it in a in an overall totally sense yep i mean you can talk about the mechanics but that's it we we're we're blowing past we are out of time. It was great to be back and chatting with you, Mitch. Yeah. We'll have to get Dave back for an episode. And I'm getting I'm getting played off like it's the Juno. Yeah, yeah, no, we're done. Yeah, we're done. Okay. See you everybody. See you soon. <laughs>